The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 57 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. I am your host, and what an amazing show this week. One of the great, great blessings of this show is that uh, we get to meet lots of new people. I just love it. I've gotten to meet so many new friends through them being guests on the show. And, you know, some of them we meet, we have a good interview. It's great. If I ever see them again, fantastic. Others, though, I have really connected with and just created a bond. And some of our past guests, who I only met through the show, I now consider dear friends. And this week, my guest is Gainalyn Condi. And Gainalyn, I had never met before in my life. We had a lot of mutual friends. We ended up connecting. She came over to the studio, and I had no idea what to expect. I honestly knew very little about her. I knew she was an author and a speaker, but I didn't know much more. And the more we talked, the more I heard her story, the more I just adore Gaina Lynn Condi. Took me a little bit to get her name. In fact, when she walked in, first thing I said was, now is it pronounced Janelle? And she said, no, it's Gaina Lynn. Gaina Lynn. And I think, in fact, partway through the interview, I call her Ganelle or something like that. But I've got it down now. Gaina Lynn Condi has become just a friend instantly, but I get the feeling I'm not the only one who thinks this way. I get the feeling she's one of those amazing spirits who everyone who meets her just loves her, and you are going to love hearing her story. So inspiring. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you why I choose to follow the prophet, whether or not I'm a Mormon. So that is all coming up for you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And this week, it is my pleasure to have here in the Latter-day Live studios, an author, a speaker, a celebrity who's on TV all the time. Gaina Lynn Condi is my guest. Gaina Lynn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited to have you. So before we get into all these amazing things that you do, the books you write, all the speaking that you do, we're going to talk about your awesome name, Gaina Lynn. <laughs> the elephant in the room. Yes, the <laughs> elephant in the room. I'm sure Gaina Lynn, G-A-N-E-L. L-Y-N. L-Y-N. Two L's. Yeah. One N. You have two N's. I have two N's. So I'm Sean Lynn. Yeah. I shared this So we're cousins. Gaina Lynn earlier. Before we came on the air. We're (laughs) we're related somehow. Yes. Yes. I am Sean Lynn, L-Y-N-N. Yeah. But you're L-Y-N. So where does Gaina Lynn come from? Well, listen. It's got to be a family name. It is a family name, but there's a story behind that I'm not sure if it's true. So I always say then the minute I pass over the veil, right? Yeah. There'll be certain people I want to see first. <laughs> and then I'm going to go check out the validity of this story that's been told. I can't so wait. the story is so my great grandmother's name is Gainal. My mom's middle name is Gainal. My mom decided let's make a really creative, confusing name, more creative and confusing. <laughs> And we'll put a hyphen and a Lynn, which yeah. no one understands what a hyphen is for. Yeah. So, and then I didn't have 
like some LDS families, yeah. girls don't always have mar- middle names till they get married. Right. So growing up, I had my maiden name and my first name, Gaina Lynn, but everyone thought, well, can't we just use Lynn as our middle name? Well, it's not. Anyway, so the story is my great-great-grandmother was pregnant with her 11th, and a pioneer trail of family was coming through town, and they saw a kid get out of a wagon and jet across the street and the mom yelled, Gainal, get back in the wagon. The great-great-grandmother of mine said, next kid named that. Gainal. Gainal. I have never heard this name before. It's not, it doesn't exist. I have to... (laughs) I have done. It you have it. I have it, but I've done some research. There's some Hebrew origin to it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's and neat. some people have it as a last name, which I often get asked. Well, what's your first name? And oh, I yeah. say this is it. And it's the elephant in the room. People, I feel like I should pay for their therapy when they say it wrong. <laughs> it doesn't offend me at all. Oh, that's so. And funny. I told you, Sean, the minute I went to have to, you know, start my first website, it was brilliant yeah. because no one had it for a URL. No one else has gained a Junior high, do not tell your child what you were going to name them. Yes. I was supposed to be Danielle. All the cute girls oh were named gosh. Danielle. Danielle. I know. No, you know what though? Gaina Lynn is so much more interesting. Who wants to be, I mean. Famous we, or infamous, I don't I, know. I, in fact, I know for a fact we have a couple of Danielles who listen, and it's a wonderful name. But there, we have a couple of Danielles. You're our only Gaina Lynn. I am the only one. That's it. That's <laughs> Me it. and Tigger. Yes. So family. <laughs> Double G. That's awesome. Yes. So my mom always tells people that her family story is people ask, do you have a middle name? Um, and she uses her maiden name. They say, well, did you have one growing up? She says, no, my family was too, af- too poor to afford one. That's her. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of her stock line. Exactly. So, so Gaina Lynn, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Northern California. So mm. born in the Sacramento area. Yeah. And still have family there. And then went to high school a few miles north of Sac, Marysville, Yuba City, which now has morphed into Sacramento because it's right. grown it's so much. It's all spread out there. Yes. Yeah. So south of Chico, north of Sac is where my teen rebel years awesome. were. <laughs> Shout out to Yuba County. And were you were you actually a rebel teenager? You know, or I no? did have some time in my life where I, I don't think it was for strength of youth all the time. Yeah. But um, I always had uh, a desire to attend seminary and go to college and get married in the temple, you know? So I don't, I never stopped attending church. I didn't always, um, feel like looking back. I think I was living in a small town. I was one of the very few LDS. Mm. I am their token Mormon friend. (laughs) When Mitt Romney ran for president, my high school class, shout out to MHS class of 89, (laughs) because they would go on Facebook and defend me like, don't, Say anything mean about Mitt Romney. We know a Mormon. <laughs> I was the Mormon. They knew. And t- to this day, they, they have um, you are always the backed me and, and presented a very supportive front. Uh, but it was awesome. hard to grow up kind of... I always yeah. tell this story to my youth groups. Um, it was before Google and Amazon, so yeah. modest shorts were homemade. (laughs) They were cut off. In the 80s, they wore floral (laughs) shorts that, yeah, weren't always the greatest. So it made growing up exciting. Oh, but in the 80s, everything went, right? I mean, look, we figured out we're about a year apart. Yes. I mean, we're the same age. Very big perm terror in my pictures. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and my children love all the music, so it's great. My kids, too. We took our sons to see ABC and Belinda Carlisle the other night. What? It was awesome. You didn't call my kids love me. that Whatever. stuff. So 
Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family. You've got so a few siblings. Yeah, quite a few because there's a divorce. Okay. And um, I I like to share that I went to primary on Thursdays. That's how old I am. Do you I remember? I went to primary Do on remember? Wednesdays. Yes. Yes. So my mom was um, head of special interest. That was what they called the single adults that were older and my dad was the hot like bachelor that everyone wanted to like date the <laughs> single guy because all the other single men were much older because oh, they were yeah. widowed and um my mom was a single mom with two kids and they mm. remained friends but everyone at church was like where's your dad and they didn't even understand so how I, old were you when your parents got divorced so i was four or five yeah and my mom remarried around seven years old when i was seven um but we joke a little and I have friends that are in the Osmond family, so don't be offended. But we used to, <laughs> my mom was divorced before Marie Osmond, which uh. means no one under, no one in the Mormon church was supposed to be divorced. And but they Marie made it okay, Marie right? Marie may opened a, a door for, yeah. for others. Unfortunately now you go to ward buildings and there's a lot of divorce and blended families. It but, has been and, and for, unfortunately and fortunately, I mean now it's the stigma at least has yeah. been Done away. We, we have had more conversations and more guests talking yeah. about divorce here on the show. It's something that, thank heavens, we can talk about. Yeah. Because I think growing up, it wasn't as much of a... It, it was really a strange... A taboo, right? It was. Yeah. And I, I shout out to my parents who worked really hard. They they see themselves as still brothers and brother and sister to each That's other. That's awesome. And they've... And I used to write for a divorce website that was started by Marie Osmond's niece. Oh. And I told her when she asked me, Amy Cook Osmond asked me to do it. I said, you know what our joke used to be, mm. you know? But I, I think the truth is, is that any advice to, to listeners out there that are going through divorce, don't put down your ex-spouse because yeah. your child is half of them. And then you end up shaming your child. Your kids will figure out why there was a divorce. My mom... And dad both remarried. My dad yeah. had five children. He's single now. Wow. Yeah. And then my mom remarried and had um, my sister who lived to the age of two, and I was 10 when she passed. Oh, no. Yeah. That's a lot of loss. Yeah. And and that was a predecessor experience for me. Like, um, I think we were dealing with some mental illness in our family and divorce and it yeah. was still the 80s, early 80s, right? It's a, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah, These and there were, were a lot of things we didn't want to talk about. We didn't have podcasts. We yeah. didn't have a blog to read about this. Right. You know, sometimes when I hear criticisms about how maybe a priesthood leader handled a situation, mm. I think we have so many more resources. But as a culture, maybe we weren't talking about it. But in the world, we weren't talking about no. it. No. It, Where it, were you going to talk it, about it? Right. Like I the mean, churches have had to go on a learning curve, but the world went on that same learning curve. Yeah. So this is one thing I explain to my children is if a topic comes up and you don't know about it, it was, well, let me go get, we had the new book of knowledge yes. encyclopedia set. Yes, I remember. You go L and pull oh, it off. Who and took then the MN away from the, right? Yeah, the three M <laughs> volumes. Yeah. Why? Yes. You know, and then yeah. you'd have to, that would be good for three or four years. Right. And then you it know, would it be outdated. Yeah. So we had uh, John Dye, who yes. you know, John and Jenny Dye were on. And we had a whole 30 conversation. minute conversation about divorce. Yeah. And that was some of their. You know, their advice was just be careful. And it sounds like you guys got through that very well. Yeah, and that. I think my, my parents, my mom and stepdad then ended up having another three children. And so I'm mm. the oldest of a lot of kids. Yeah. And um, 
And that, that growing up experience, my stepmom and my mom ended up having babies three times at the same time. <laughs> and this tells you how well they worked on the family meshing thing. I have siblings, three sets of siblings that are all similar ages, and they thought they were cousins. They didn't understand that they really had no connection. They were, they were half siblings. Yeah, they're like, wait, who... Is that our daddy, Jim, or is that our daddy, Dan? Because that's how we deciphered the two dads. And and they would get together and play, and they're good friends now. And if you had all moved to Southern Utah together, yes, no one would have even no blinked. No one would know. No, no one, one would know. Had no any idea. Yeah. I love hearing this, by the way. Yes. I love hearing this because it takes work. It And, and I'm telling you the, the good parts. There yeah. were a lot of hard parts. We deal with, you know, we have, in addition to our own families, we have adopted kids with yes. grandparents and parents and all kinds of dynamics. Blended families. And the more we get to know people, the more we learn everybody does. Well, and if we use There's the app that it. says find a relative and we realize we really are all yeah. brothers and sisters. Yes. And that's really how my parents have maneuvered. It's awesome. My mom and my stepdad actually are great friends and caretaker to my dad who's single. And so wow, that's I, they cool. all live still in California and I'm here and I worry about him. And yeah. my mom's always like, we'll check on him. It's we got fine. him. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So where did you, you graduate from high school? Where in did Marysville with the big yeah. 80s hair. The big Marysville. Wind. That's okay. I had my mohawk. <laughs> hey, listen, we oh, had a yeah. smoking section on campus. I talked about this like three weeks ago. You did? My junior, well, only my freshman year. It was done away with my sophomore <laughs> year. But my mine. freshman year. All four year, years. We had a smoking yes, section. a table on yeah. campus. We had a whole room, the quad room, <laughs> yes. that you could go out and you could smoke. And you were supposed to be 16 to smoke I out know. there. But like, yeah, people my daughter's starting high school. My baby's starting high school yeah. Monday, and I we walked the campus the other day. I'm like, oh, this is so not what the Marysville High School. No, yeah, it wasn't San Jose was. no, either. No. So. so yeah, I graduated from there, and not a lot of people left that area to go away to college. And yeah. something happened, which is a sad story, where my application to BYU, the counselor at my high school, wasn't used to sending very many out, <laughs> and he didn't get it out on time. And so BYU wrote and said, thanks. You can come in January, but not oh, first semester because no. we got it late. And I said, late? Well, that was important because uh, what was my plan B? It was Rick's yeah. College in Rexburg, yeah. Idaho. By the way, this sounds like a very Mormon version of a John Hughes film. <laughs> Speaking of the 80s, it was 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, and Gaina Lynn Goes to Rick's. This, Gaina, these Lynn are goes, the, Gaina Lynn Goes to Rick's From is the Northern next California one. where you can't buy a snow coat no and you wear yeah. little flats and i had never been frozen oh nose rexburg hairs. is so frozen, cool. nose frozen nose hairs 7 a.m book of mormon final oh, when you all start to defrost and your gosh. eyelids literally stop freezing together yeah but it was a beautiful place for me to go the first year um i had this really great family home evening brother that was fresh home from his mission awesome i had a boyfriend back at home and so i wasn't we were just buddies yeah well, I didn't know. He just secretly did not ask me out on a date. Why? <laughs> Full circle here. Are you ready? He could not say my name. What? He could not say. So he couldn't ask you out. He had borrowed my blender for a family home evening activity to make smoothies. He kept it for two months. And I kept saying, Rob, when? And he's like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get it. He was trying to think of a creative way to use the blender, ask me on a date, but couldn't pronounce my and name. ask your name. Ended up dating my roommate, Amy, for a long time. Oh, if she's hilarious. listening. So they dated and come to find out, he just became a really good friend. Yeah. Second year at, B, at Rick's College, my non-member boyfriend had joined the church. 
church come up and been roommates with him. No this way. is more information than I was going to tell this you. This is what I want to hear. This is what our listeners <sighs> want to hear. No this one is, knows this. It's not on any other podcast. This is I've as the Gainalyn turns. Yes, this is. I love this. Let's just say this one day. He was talking to a buddy. I walked in on the phone conversation, and he had already told the buddy how he felt about me. And I, I tell yes. YSA everywhere, be friends first. Yeah. Because we had a year and a half of, he had seen my worst. Love it. Right? And Love it. And um, that was our foundation. So I love that. Within a few months of what we thought we were going to date, the next year, we were yeah. already married by All right, June. But so what, what happens he, to the ex-boyfriend? He goes, I joined your entire church I know, for this. I know. Do you know, he has, from what I know, he has never married. He's not active. Mm. And um, we had gotten to that point. We had dated long enough. He was either going to have to get married or go on a mission. We were at that point. Yeah. So we were trying to date other people when this thing happened. And now he's curled up in a corner <laughs> in the fetal position. This is what I've Rocking heard. back and forth saying, <laughs> I didn't get the girl or the blender. I didn't get the girl or the blender. I didn't get to go out with Gain. No. What's her name? Gain, <laughs> no, Gain. I married that one. I married Rob. No, the ex-boyfriend. The ex-boyfriend was I'm my saying, high school sweetheart. Yes. And he was... No, I'm saying the ex-boyfriend. Yes. Oh, it was Rob who borrowed the blender. Rob right. borrowed the blender, yes. Yeah. So There's now you're all caught up to yeah. speed. So that was 27 a, years ago. That's awesome. And I also tell this story because we got engaged, went to the temple, fasted, prayed, got the answer, mapped out our life. Isn't that funny? Yeah, As if we, we had that. any control yeah. of what it was going to be. That's when God just laughs. Yeah. When we map it out and right, he just says, that's adorable. Right. Because if we, you knew, we had no idea that seven years of infertility, yeah. diagnosis with lupus, what? heart condition. Yeah. You or your husband? Me. You have, so lupus. And I've done three years of chemotherapy because I have a heart condition with it. And I wasn't supposed to have any babies. Yeah. I kind of finally told my readers that full story in the Decision That Changed My Life book. But up until that point, it's not that I don't talk about it. It's Mm. just I've worked really hard to work with a chronic illness. And for those listeners that you have that deal with chronic illness, you'll understand what I'm saying. So tell us about lupus. I know so little about it. So it's an autoimmune disease, which is a big club. MS is in that club. Um, There's a lot of autoimmune diseases out there. Mm. Um, It's funny. I was just with the director of lupus foundation here in the state of Utah last year. Okay. And I haven't I haven't gone to a rheumatologist for years mm. and I thought they've come up with some new research and cure and treatment. So we're having lunch and we're talking about lupus and maybe what's been developed. Nothing, nothing's been Nothing. changed really How in hard. the front. Yeah. So I do a lot of preventative care and yeah. that takes care of some of it. It's a miracle. Um, the speaking and the book writing is kind of a miracle knowing my health history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll say to those that are out there that are listening in a really serious way, chronic illness is tough because you think somehow with like cancer, I did chemo low dose for a year each time I did it. I did Mm. it three years total. I was Relief Society president the last time I did it. Oh, my gosh. And people think when they can see you have hair on your head that that must mean you're feeling fine. Well, then my, you know, hair starts to go, and then they think that means you're sick. I think with chronic illness, that Mm. is the big issue. You don't always know. You're always sick. Yeah, and you don't always know your neighbor is dealing with something that has Mm. become kind of their new normal. I would say I have so many miracles 
health wise to, to share, but I, I feel like once in a while I need to kind of just shout out to yeah. those that are dealing with chronic illness where it For is sure. hard and just getting out of bed and you, and you don't look sick and people right. can't look at you and decide, yeah. is it a good day or a bad day? So they I don't know at all. And they if they don't. did, they didn't know what, they don't know what to say. They don't. So I'm going to ask you a really deep question. Yeah. Like this is a heavy Let's question. Because I was asked this by my wife the other night and I think I gave the wrong answer. Okay. <laughs> Take a look back at the last 27 years, all of it, like the lupus, the everything, you know, your pain, the TMI you know that your, I can't share. You know, your yeah. drama, you know, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Would you do it all over again right now? If you were asked, would you do it start all, over all over again? again? Start, start. Would you go back today, 27 years and do it all again? If my heavenly father asked me to do it, I would. If yeah. anyone else did, no. Um, because I, I do, I do say with lupus, it's been one of my greatest teachers. Yeah. And I feel like I understand and don't take for granted the gift of my body. Mm. Um, and that lesson to learn early is is a gift because yeah. sometimes you don't learn that till later. Right. Right. Um. Seven years of infertility in the church is a funny story too. You know, mm. I mean, when people yeah. your own age are like, what's your deal? Do you not want to follow the prophet <laughs> and have babies? Please tell me nobody ever asked you that. Oh, Please so tell many. me that nobody no. ever said that. And this is shout out to all those dealing with infertility. I We were told by clo close friends in our ward, our age, well, if you would just focus on it more, pray about it more, and put a picture of a baby on your fridge... Oh, please. That was it. We were missing that the whole time. <laughs> so next irrelevant question, why do people ever leave the church? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, so I mean, look, people are well-intentioned. We get, you know, I'll say, yeah, we've got seven kids. We've done a bunch of adopting. Yeah. People we barely know go, oh, so you couldn't have your own? Uh, we get that a lot. So and we go, no, we have two of our own. They go, oh. Then why would you adopt? See, and we wanted to adopt at a certain point too, and um, we had our two. So I validate that. But I would, you. I would just say that there is a good general rule of thumb. Don't to say. take a breath <laughs> yes. and process in your head: Is this yes. my business? Yes. Is Which this helpful? usually no? Usually not. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. Say nice so dress. What and would walk you? Away. What would you say to that? Would you do it all over again? What did you say to your? I wife? said no. You I said no, and you know what? It's it's funny because it's such an irrelevant. I was thinking of the term under the terms of if I knew, like if I go, if I went back twenty four years in our marriage, and I knew I was able to know what what all was coming, I would have made a lot of different decisions, and then I wouldn't have learned what I learned. I exactly. wouldn't have the kids I have. I wouldn't have had the the the, the hard career experiences, the good yeah. career, like. I wouldn't because the joy of life is not knowing. And so, but then when I told her, <laughs> you should never, gentlemen. <laughs> Don't say this. Never tell your wife you wouldn't do it all over again. And because she with, felt rejection. Well, I think that's what she was asking was, would you go back and marry me? Of course I would a million times over. But I wouldn't want to go through the last 24 years knowing what I know now. Yes. I loved learning it along the way. I hated learning it along the hated way. Hated it. Hated it. So much of yeah. it. Yeah. And I think about the worst pain that I've been through. Yes. I don't want to go through that again. Yes. And knowing that that's coming. And so I'm happy where I am. And I've, it's how I'm well, at peace with where I am and now. And don't you think that's the beauty of line upon line principle? I mean, I've been studying yeah. the life of the Savior lately, and it's become more apparent to me that... Did he get to the 40 years at 40 days in the wilderness and look back and go, 
why didn't I say that when I was 12 in the temple? He didn't do that. He yeah. trusted that Heavenly Father was preparing that him was line a pine line. And and I think what what is a problem for people, especially within the church where we talk eternal perspective, is our light and knowledge should be growing. Yeah. So anything we know in 2018 won't match 1987. Right. right. But we often judge our 1987 self based on what we do know That's into it point. 2018 the light and knowledge is never going to match it was no. did we do the best we could with the information we had at the time right and i would say 90 percent of the time yes we, we do right and i think that's the thing to look at is that most people are trying their best the best and we just don't know what people go through and the fact that you went through all of that is amazing. I mean, those are yeah. a lot of trials. So when did you start speaking? When did you become... So there's a little gap there. Gain a the speaker. Yeah. So I, I, I think as a child, I would have rather watched the Today Show and Oprah Winfrey than anything else. Mm. To hear other people's stories and to talk and share in, as a medium of connection and learning, that is yeah. what is in my soul. That's so cool. Right? Um but I started out as a broadcast journalism major at Rick's College. Awesome. I did a little internship at the NBC affiliate in Idaho Falls. Big time. Hello. That's awesome. Back in the day where we had like a million cords we had to plug into the control panel to of make course. anything work. But soon into that, I realized it wasn't super family conducive. And there's another part of my soul that wanted to be a mom and a wife. Right. And for those in the industry, it's a little cutthroat and it's a little like dog eat dog and sure and i wasn't sure that was healthy for me so i had a minor in psychology and i got a teaching degree awesome i graduated from asu we were married there was no housing in byu provo area at the time there was a shortage in mm. the early 90s and we thought well we don't have to go to byu we're married so we went to arizona nice. and um i had professors there that had not dealt with lds people and I got classic, oh, you're majoring in elementary ed. Oh, because Mormon girls do that, right? That was oh what I gosh. heard often. <laughs> you have gotten the worst God stereotype getting, stuff. getting me from the beginning to get ready for these kind of real... Yeah. You know, but now, I, now I'm really starting... You're painting a picture. Yes. Now when I see your books, yes, even from the title, I get it because you've had to process these things. A lot. We're going to get into your books in a minute, but you're really painting a picture and again, you wouldn't say, I want to go through that again. Right. But you would not have the books and the talks you have if you had not heard these things said to yeah. you. Yeah. Because you know that this is said to a lot of LDS women. Yeah. And and to ha in all seriousness, when um, people were getting pregnant in the back of their car doing crack and I couldn't get pregnant after seven uh, years of trying, I remember hard? saying to God, finally, and we were living in San Diego at the time and I was working in the San Diego temple. I'd finished a year of chemotherapy for my heart condition and I had to take naps when all the other 70, 80 and 90 year old temple workers were going for seven hour shifts. <laughs> I was like, I need to go take a nap. Get so up, I lazy bones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, when I, f I prayed for my son in every corner of that temple and the uh. day that we we had that boy handed to us. He was 10 pounds two weeks early, 13 pounds at his two week. Okay. I didn't know they weren't supposed to look like four month olds the first month. He had black hair and cried like a man like this. 
And and I would take him to the store and people would be like, your three-month-old is so cute. And I'm like, he's two weeks. <laughs> Anyways, the doctors kept saying, he'll slow down, he'll slow down. He's a 21, almost 21, 20-year-old, six-foot-seven missionary right now. He uh, never slowed down. Awesome. Anyways, the day that he was handed to me after an emergency C-section, because I can't do anything normally, um, <laughs> I, all the pain was gone. From seven years of... So mm. I think that's such an example to me of what the atonement and grace feels yeah. like, right? Yeah. That that literally all of those pregnancy tests and all those doctor's appointments and literally a doctor saying to us, you will never have children because of the lupus. And I had a patriarchal blessing that said I would be a mother in Zion to children. Mm. So I, I invite people to claim their blessing, but you have to keep claiming it sometimes for years yeah. because the blessing hasn't shown up yet. Right. right. So that boy came and I felt pretty complete, except I had had an experience and I knew there was a brook or a Brooklyn. Mm. And six years later, the daughter came and they love wow. each other so much. So the other question I get asked all the time, oh my gosh, your kids are six years apart. How are they with each other? They're freakishly close. That's so awesome. So God makes it work. He does. He, he does make it work. But I, I would say, and those are just the snippets of the hard stuff, right? The, I think the trials and the battles that people are really fighting that are the hardest are the really private ones. I would agree 100%. And when you're right in the middle of those wilderness experiences, there's not this clarity. There's not the funny anecdote. There's not that this is the bow at the end where we fasted, prayed, and it all worked out. Yeah. What do we do in that part of it, mm. of I've, the phase? I've always said I identify, I enjoy the story of Nephi building a ship. I enjoy the brother of Jared building a ship. I love the Savior walking out. And on walking on water, but when it comes to water, my favorite story is Moses, because he got there, he was about to be killed, and he didn't have a boat, and he didn't get to build a boat, he didn't get to touch stones, he didn't have the Savior walking toward him, and I think that's where most of us have our moment. You have to step into... Where you have to, you have to believe in something much bigger, yeah. and that's... Yeah. Gosh, that's inspiring. You know, yeah. When so I hear you, you asked the question how the speaking started. Yeah, that, that's so, how we got. Sorry. To no, no, no. So we 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 had these two babies, and my husband was an accountant, and I was doing some work with Wasatch Woman Magazine, which was a regional magazine, mm. and I would do a little TV here and there and interview a few people that I admire, and I felt pretty fulfilled working in my calling, raising my babies, but there was still this part inside mm. of me that knew. Um, that little part of Oprah or whatever from before yeah. was still there. And and I love doing the magazine because of that. Well, the magazine ended, or the Lord said to walk away from it, and I did. And he started to say, write a book. And I was like, no. I mean, yeah. straight up, I said no. No, not writing a book. I said to Heavenly Father, God, have you seen how many books are on Amazon? <laughs> we do not need... Everyone should be reading the Book of Mormon. They do not need another book from me. <laughs> and we had never gone through unemployment. My husband was working on taking his company public. And we were living yeah. in a neighborhood that we thought we'd just quietly make a lot of money and give people money and drive really old cruddy cars and yeah. and just live quietly. And um, one day, my husband lost his job. Oh my. It was post Obamacare. He was in a nursing home company business and that kind of shot that industry. And he had skin cancer 
And so half of his nose was taken off. All within a few months, our dog was killed. I tell people we were a bad country song. Actually, a good country song. Because good country songs are like, lost oh, my, my job, gosh. my dog was killed, right? Lost part of my nose. Thank so, you. So lupus, yes, cancer. Separate. Yes, dog. And our I, kid is 13, which oh is, my gosh, you understand, right? This is 13. Yes. 13. Where they've which, got plenty of drama in their own minds no matter what. I said to my son, are you world. doing drugs? He's like, no, why are you asking? I'm like, I don't know what has happened to you. Did the zombie apocalypse happen and take your body and you're a fake version of him? Oh so this gosh. is all swirling around. Gaina Lynn, I cannot imagine all this happening. Yeah, and this was only in the last five, six years. Oh. And I will tell you that um, around that time, that's when the Lord was getting loud about the book. So all of a sudden I had a, a partner at home because he was unemployed, recovering from cancer, looking for a CFO job. And I put together the first version of the book. The year around that time, I had started getting asked to speak. So people ask, I get asked probably 15 times a week. I want to be a speaker and a writer. How do I do it? Yeah. If, if I can just share this podcast as the answer, so I, yeah. not that I don't want to cheer Blank everyone on, yeah. my two things are be willing to serve wherever God asks you to serve, say yes to wherever he asks you to serve, mm. and then trust his timing. Because he was already, I spoke in one Relief Society about organization. Yeah. Someone heard me and went to work and said, oh my gosh, they called and the calendar's always been full. So oh, the book awesome. came... Tell us the name of the book. The first book is The First Baby. Everyone says, which book do you love the most? Yes, well, the first, first one teaches you the most. Yep. It w- It is called I Can Do Hard Things with God. Yeah. And it's a compilation. I have a couple of compilation books because, like I said, I like to help share other people's stories, which you understand that. Yep. Um, I, I got the first manuscript together, trusted Heavenly Father's timing. We sold everything we owned. We kept the treadmill, our beds, and the piano. No way. We sold the sleeping bags, the Christmas trees, the everything. We sold our home for 80000 loss, but we didn't lose it, and we started completely over. This you know, is... Lynn, I can't believe... <laughs> I cannot believe yeah, this. So yeah. when you write, I can do hard things with God, Was what the, I love about it is the authenticity. Because I think sometimes we see perfect people, in our minds, perfect and then they say, well, I can do hard things with God. Well, that's great. Job, in your mansion. Didn't Job get that? Like, yes. Well, Job doesn't curse God. Well, he's never had any hard stuff. And yeah. then God's like, okay. Oh, okay, Job. Yeah. Maybe I'll give you a trial. Yeah, right. So I, Lynn, this is amazing. Well, and you know what's amazing to me is we learned during that time, we could live without stuff. We moved into this little rental house. My kid was 6'4", maybe by the time we were there, oh. 15 years old tall, sharing a tiny bathroom, and we were happy. I submitted my first manuscript. It got rejected. Submitted it again, got rejected. I tell the story because sometimes God tells us stuff on our hearts like, start a podcast, uh, start a YouTube channel, write a book, (laughs) whatever, whatever. And then we hit a roadblock and we're like, did I not hear God correctly? Yeah, I must have been wrong about that. So I submitted, got rejected, submitted, got rejected, almost quit. A good friend of mine that's a New York Times bestseller had the original manuscript, and he emailed one day randomly. This is where God keeps you going. Yeah. He said, don't self-publish. This is really good. You need to try one more time. So I had a contact at Covenant. I submitted it one more time. In that period of time, 2013 September, this is how recent this is. This is five years ago. Right. Um, March of 2014, my 40-year-old sister took her life. 
Candle and I, I. Yeah. And, uh, and six weeks after that, when we found Meg, uh, Covenant came to me and said, we want to publish this in anything else you write. What I share that story because the reality was every time that book got rejected, God could not tell me why. There was a story that hadn't happened. The first chapter mm. of the current published I Can Do Hard Things With God is Meg's suicide. It hadn't happened yet. So in God's wisdom and mercy, he had gotten everything else done, gotten me right in the right place. And I remember going to him multiple mm. times saying, you said to write this book. Wow. Do you want me to do this? And I always got the answer, yes. Yeah. And I thought, well, then why isn't anything working? <laughs> I don't understand why it you keeps getting rejected. <laughs> and, and the reality is her <sighs> story, which is now on LDS.org under the suicide prevention site, the church has put together the most amazing suicide mm, site. Beautiful resource. Yes. It, I would invite anyone to go there because I've come to know after all the events I've done, all the people I've met, everyone falls into either one of three categories. They either struggle themselves with yeah. depression or anxiety, they've already lost someone to suicide, or they are the loved one that is trying to support someone that's right. struggling. That covers, it covers all of us. Yeah. So the site that the church has put together is phenomenal it's because beautiful. it is broken down into those three categories. Mm. You've already lost someone, and that's where Meg's story is. You uh, struggle, these are some resources, or you love yeah, someone that struggles. That's struggling. And yeah. how do you support them? Because for those of your listeners that deal with mental illness or have um, family members that deal with it, it's complicated. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, right? and it changes family relationships over time. I yeah. mean, I, I do a ton of suicide prevention talk, and when I'm talking to teenagers, it's a totally different conversation because their frontal cortex isn't developed, and they think high school is forever. Yeah. So when something happens, the statistics show there's really 10 to 15 minutes between the thing that triggers it and the decision to take their really? life. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. You talk about that's the terrifying. highest number of biggest demographic that's at risk is middle-aged white man. Yeah, I've read that before. And and so we need to get clear. I get asked all the time, is it an LGBT issue? Is it a Utah issue? Is it a Mormon issue? Is it a... And I will say to your listeners, because we're the Latter-day group, right? Yeah, that's us. It's a last days issue. Oh, we're we're told in the scriptures that the hearts of men will fail them in the last days. Yeah. And for a 40-year-old woman like my sister who had a current temple recommend, served in young oh. women's, she had tried every tool. She got really tired. Yeah. And um, for your listeners, I, I share this every time I speak. Um, my invitation to you is to understand that the minute she passed, she knew she had made a mistake. I know that through a very sacred experience. I bet. She's with me often. Mm -hmm. I just had a post from um, a girl's camp bought my CD, Walking on Water. You're already walking on water. And they post on Facebook, Gainalyn Condi had come to speak at our girl's camp. And I thought, I don't think I was at that girl's camp. What are they talking about? They'd bought the CD, put it in a CD player, put everyone's chairs around it and listened to my talk on CD, which was oh, brilliant. That's amazing. Well, the leaders messaged me privately to say they felt Meg at the girls' camp with wow. the CD. So she's often there. And I would say this, please stay in your body. What a wonderful message. Because at the end of the day, the guy who's trying to beat the crud out of all of us doesn't have a body. He doesn't have a family. He mm. doesn't have faith. And it's a war in the last days. And I know many of your listeners are tired. Mm. I hear that over and over again, like, 
I go to church, I go to the temple, I'm doing yeah. my ministering assignments, I'm serving in my calling, I'm trying to do family home evening. It's not working. My kids left the church, or my husband just left me, or fill in the blank, right? Yeah. So the recipe doesn't look like it's working. Living the gospel looks like a cake recipe that all the cakes are falling. But I invite you to stay. Stay in your body. Because this war, we're going to win it, is being fought against people that don't have what we have. And so when we start to get worn out, that's when we listen to a podcast like this, or we call a friend, yeah. or we you know, get a blessing, or we watch a Will Ferrell movie, Elf, in the middle of July or August. <laughs> and sometimes we hold on. Sometimes we just hold on. Yeah. And sometimes there's really nothing. There's no good anything no. other than... I'm going to go to bed and I'm going yeah. to wake up tomorrow. And do one more day. And just try to make it through one more day. And for those of you that deal with this, um, you are learning things that are going to bless others. You're fighting through a fight. I compare it often to the woman that had the 18 years, the 14 years of the issue of blood. What made her try one more thing to go meet mm. the Savior and touch his robe? It says in the scriptures, everything she tried failed. Why did she try one more thing? And when the Savior felt her touch just the thread, he said, it's yeah. your faith that makes you whole. Well, what faith? The faith he's referring to is 14 years of it not working out. Oh, interesting. That after 14 years... That's where her faith that was she growing. she still touch the yes. hem. Yes, we think faith is a fruit snack uh, at yeah. Walmart, right? <laughs> I just need a little more faith. I'm going to go to Walmart and grab the faith. Seven. Yeah, aisle seven has the faith fruit snacks. Faith this week. Yes, and that we just need some more faith. Faith comes in that place you said Moses had to step from, that yeah. place, right? Yeah. And, and the thing about the woman that had the issue of blood that I think is so analogy, analogy, what's the word? Analogous. Analogous to depression and anxiety is that in her culture, a blood issue... I guarantee she had neighbors that had similar ones, but read a blog post, did an exercise, mm. took a supplement, went to the doctor, tried the keto diet, and bam, they yeah. were done with their blood issue. Right. Right? And so I think it's the isolation that's the most painful part of depression and anxiety. Yeah. Because it we feels think we're like- we're the only ones. Yeah, that yeah. everybody else, and I've heard from so many thousands of people in the last few years that have reached out to say- I've heard your voice say, stay in my body. Stay in your body. When I'm in my closet message. crying and tired. But I've also heard from people saying, I don't want to reach out to anyone. I'm afraid that I'm going to get this on them. Like, and that's part of the depression yeah, too, though, is yeah. I'm not even worth, I'm not even worth the sharing connection. it to someone. Exactly, exactly. I would have shared, I've had friends who have been de depressed and I find out later and they'll say, well, I didn't want to burden you with that. And then I feel terrible about myself. Now I'm getting depressed because yeah. how am I not showing you that I love you so much that you can come to me? Right. And I think that's why I write and speak so often about suicide. Even people say, oh, so you speak on suicide. I say, no, you tell me the topic. We're always going to squeeze it in there. Yeah, it's going to Because the rates are skyrocketing. But the reason I bring it up is because at the end of the day, we have to hear that message over and over again because it does feel like a box that starts to box us in. Yeah. And... We do get tired and we do think I've tried everything. I call it, what's the next plan B? That's what hope is, is the next yeah. plan B, right? And sometimes you don't, you need to call the one friend. Well, the reality is then if it gets to the point of hopelessness, that's suicide. The problem with suicide is it then creates a whole ripple effect. The grief of suicide left behind. Yeah, I can only imagine. Is I've lost another sister. I've lost grandparents I loved. 
I've lost friends that I love. The grief of suicide is a what if game. So when your friend is saying to right, you, I don't right. want to tell you because I don't want to, you know, burden you. The end of the story is the reality is that those that are struggling, we are not better without you. Because yeah. one of the lies that you start to think when you're dealing with depression and anxiety is, oh, the world will be better. The world will be I'm better a burden. Off. And that's a lie. So yeah. for all of your listeners out there, we won't be better without you. And please stay in your body. Oh, what a beautiful message. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to order your book. I've not read your book, <laughs> but I'm going to order your book. Because I, I think that this kind of message is so important. But you come from it. What I love is you come from it from an authentic place. Thank you. Right? Like, so if I talk, if I talk about certain topics, like if I want to talk about, you know, lack of fertility. Yeah. If I want to talk about lack of fertility, I can't. Yeah. You know, I, because guess what? I'm, I have not been able to get pregnant for 46 years, but nobody feels bad for me because I'm a man. Yeah, exactly. You know, what what am I, you know, I tried and tried. (laughs) I tried Um, and tried. But uh, it's a different plan. Right. But you are coming from like, what are people going to say against you? Well, you that's know. another podcast well, no, for another right. day. No, but <laughs> <laughs> Invite me back. We'll have that conversation. <laughs> what I mean by that is nobody can say, what do you know about hard things? Oh, I know about suicide, cancer, lupus. I know about my dog. I know. <laughs> I mean, teenagers. You know, tell, tell me what I don't know about hard things. Well, but then one of the amazing things is, do you remember who did the foreword for your book? Yes. Who did the foreword for your book? My first Kana book? Lynn, your first book. Richard Paul Evans. Richard that was, Paul Evans. He's the one who saved the first manuscript. I didn't say his name. You have got to be kidding me. Yeah, and he that story of our friendship and where it began is is a sweet one where my weird name probably is the reason why we're <laughs> friends. Because my grandma went to his very first book signing for the Christmas uh, box, had a book signed for Gaynal Lynn. And she never missed a book signing. And then when I came to Utah, he was my very first interview for the magazine. And I didn't tell him that for years. So I sat down shaking, interviewing this New York Times bestseller. And um, afterwards, he said, that was awesome. You're like as good as Katie Couric. And I thought, should I tell him I've never interviewed anyone before (laughs) in my life? Yeah. So you've got the foreword by Richard Paul Evans. And is there a more iconic book than The Christmas Box? I know. I know. And, And then you've got... Got a wonderful quote for from uh, I can forgive with God. So it's kind of an I can, which I like. I love the positive phrase, I can. So your books are I can do hard things. We've got I can forgive with God. Sorry, I can do hard things with God. Yes, they're it's all the with God. It's the with and God series. I can forgive with God. And then here's a little quote. This book will bring healing to many as they learn that forgiveness is really a gift we give ourselves. Yes. Janice Cap Perry. <laughs> You like you hang out with all the Mormon royalty. <laughs> Can Anna I tell Lynn? you something about Sweet Janice? She's in my Decision That Changed My Life book. She's okay. the very first chapter. And we have become a we've we've developed a sweet friendship. And I tell her all the time, Janice, I think I'm on the earth just to remind you that you are Janice Cat Perry, because you keep forgetting. <laughs> She's the most humble, 
woman on the planet. Uh, she does not awesome. know she's Janice Catberry. So <laughs> she thinks I walk oh, on water and I'm there to remind her she is Janice uh, Catberry. You got to have those yeah, friends. Yeah. Tell us about your newest book. So um, I'm working on the third of the With God if people want to stick around in the fall. Okay. There's awesome. a new, there's a third in the With God. Um, I didn't think there'd be any of these others. When Heavenly Father said, write that first one, I had no idea. But the yeah. newest one is my p- most personal. It is all me. It's not a compilation. And it's You Are More Than Enough, You Are Magnificent. And um, it is written from a place of being in the trench on that. And yeah. I break it down to, I think, the 10 areas that maybe in general we as humans struggle with, especially mm. women, enough love, enough faith, yeah. enough beauty. The statistics for that, the most Googled phrase, 10,000 people a month Google, am I ugly? That's 120,000 people oh a year that post that question. Not the people that think it and never post it or Google it. and um, Just the people who Just Google the it. people that Google it. And then shockingly, the responses they get when they post that question, which is, you can imagine, kill yourself, you're ugly, right? So we have an epidemic of not feeling enough, all of us. And even though I've written this book, um, I have to choose that every day. And so that book was written from a place of what I like to call the hole plugger. That that is the bucket that we all have that we're filling up with great podcasts and connection with their family. And maybe we go on a nice family trip, we get to the temple, we go to church, whatever. There's this hole in the bottom, though, of not filling enough. So no matter what we put no in there, no matter what we put in, it runs it's out. Dra- it's yeah. draining out. And so I wrote that book as some evidence to kind of plug that hole yeah. and, and, and try to share some ways in which some takeaways that have kind of helped me that I practice. I don't do it perfectly, but yeah. I practice that every day because really the truth is um, we are enough. I mean, yeah. we are enough, and our and our Savior has proven that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's true. But the dialogue in our head, we would never talk to each other that way. No. And, well, so I love that the title is You Are More Than Enough. More than because enough. Because we are. Yes. Everyone. What's funny, though, is we get down on ourselves to, in fact, uh, earlier on social media, I saw a friend who was talking about how she felt like a failure. Yes. And I didn't have the time to write it, but my thought was, what would you say if anyone you knew right. said that? Right. You would say, no, you're not. Let me see you the way I see you. Yeah. If you, if you could see yourself the way the Lord sees you, right. it would just be a miracle. So I, I love this. I, I, what I love about it is you take on big themes in this stuff. I, you know? I try when I speak and write to... I, I feel like Satan doesn't shy away from the big stuff. Well, so it, can I, we take it back? Like, no, no offense out there, but he doesn't have all the stuff he's exploiting. He doesn't yeah. have a body, and yeah. he attacks our bodies all over the place, right? Yeah. He doesn't get to have sex, and he talks about but it he to sell it toilet all paper. the time. Yeah. And I tell teenagers that all the time, like. Why don't the believers take it back? Why don't the faith people take it back? Yeah. It's ours. We should own it. Yeah. He doesn't have a family, but what is he always trying to destroy? Families and marriages, right? Right. right. So all these things he yeah, doesn't have. Yeah. I, I hope I, just, I I hope I I think it's awesome themes. I think it's beautiful. I'm in awe of it. I mean, I just I you know, I sit down and talk to people once a week. It's pretty simple. So when I see these big books, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by what you do. If before, because I got two other things to ask you about, okay. and we're starting to get tight on time. 
If people want to find you, it's gainalyn.com, which is <laughs> so, G-A-N-E-L-L-Y-N. Yes. If you get anywhere close to it, you'll find it. Yes. Um, and Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. It's all over. It's the it's easiest perfect. way to find you know, me is to just start trying to type it in and yes. it hopefully Gainal will come Lynn. in. <laughs> yeah. um, so two other quick things yeah. I want to make sure we talk about. One, we had a dear friend of a mutual friend a few weeks ago, Corey Andrews. Tell oh, us your uh, relationship with Corey Andrews and that crew. I could talk about that crew for a long time. Shout out to Corey Andrews and High Five Live. Um, I did a, about a year ago, they invited me to do a, one of their, if you don't know about High Five Live, it's a phenomenal Facebook page. Yeah. If you jump back to Five episodes yeah. ago, maybe. Yeah. We talk about it for about 20 minutes. Perfect. And so it's just Uplifting awesome. videos every day. They asked me to share a few. They, yeah. I guess they were well-received. They asked me back a few times, and then they called awesome. one day last December, so we're approaching a year, and said, would you be willing to do a weekly show? And I said, sure. So I, I host, produce. Sometimes I'm on. Sometimes I turn yeah. it over. It's Women of Worth Wednesday, but we have a lot of men that follow it. Yep. And and I love that um, it reaches a, an international audience. We are predominantly LDS followed, but there's some awesome. non-LDS that love it, and I, I love doing that. And so Corey has become, jokingly, one of my sons because I'm old <laughs> enough to be his mom. Yeah, he and I had that discussion, too. <laughs> um, I'm He's right a there. great guy. And High Five Live is very committed to uplifting, pure intent, mission. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you can talk all about how old you are all you want <laughs> because we're the same I age. I know. So... <laughs> And eventually, we're going to have Carrie Ann Hoops on the show, too. Oh, You've you are? such a great crew. Yeah, she and so, I have talked about... So, Carrie Ann and I have been friends from the time my son was three. Wow. So, I actually... that All my worlds have collided there. Because she does a temple She event. does Temple Tuesdays. Yeah, she yeah. does Temple Tuesdays, Women yes. of Work Wednesday. Yes. I just love the yeah. High Five Live mission. I've gotten yes. to do it twice now. Yeah, it's fabulous. Two or three times. Yeah. I think... Yeah, two times. No, three times. I've done it three I times I should have now. you on Women of Worth Wednesday. I haven't I had a man yet. love it. Maybe we'll have you okay. on talking about your women in your life. Yes. I I was going to I'm not, yeah. I See, go, you've got I can forgive and I can do hard things. I'm going to be on doing, I can do 20 minutes of cardio twice a week. <laughs> I love it. With God. That's that's my mess. Do you know what? It's the baby um, steps. Yeah. So, um, so people can find you through High Five Live. They can find you through... Uh, gainalyn.com and then also you've got this amazing event you've got a few of them coming mm -hmm. up but talk about what you're doing with brad wilcox mm, and with brad. all these Hank amazing Smith. speakers yeah so i do a lot of events with onward productions they're also a great uh group that tries yeah. to provide youth events enlist they call them a list they used to call them millennial warrior trainings they just yeah. changed and they're one day kind of ef wives that mm -hmm. are are more price point friendly. Yeah. How about that? And date night awesome. events for married and singles to kind of yeah. uplift. And so I've been so privileged last year to do some speaking events with, with those great guys. And you look at the people who speak at those. I mean, it's <laughs> I you and it's John, by the way, and <laughs> Hank it's Smith. Hank Smith. My son on a mission in Zimbabwe. It's so funny because he'll run into people that have either somehow either on high five live or or some other event and he's like mom they people know you in zimbabwe so he just thinks i have street cred now because <laughs> i've uh, talked with and hang, hung out with a few of these guys and you get to speak with brad wilcox yeah, we, who is my hero he 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 is one of the purest the in hearts the greatest yeah. most loving uh, i think 
Greatest. And I have a story about him when I was a teenager. Did he, he save you? Affected my yeah. life in a great way. I've shared that with him. I can't wait for the day he gets to see the millions. Millions. The well, millions and you are too. Best. Your message is phenomenal. Thank These you. are all the different ways, and you're regularly on Channel Five. Yeah, you Channel get, Four. Or sorry, Channel Four. Good things yeah, you good time things you on once a month. Yes. And I do do Channel Five radio, so I do KSL radio a lot. You're just all over the place. <laughs> Everywhere, every time I turn around. Well, now it's literally every time because you're in my. <laughs> basement so like literally <laughs> everywhere i look well we were talking before we started the podcast you know people say so what what's your thing and i don't i don't have a presentation i don't have a thing and i was joking like the other day with a friend that i'm not the wheelchair mormon i'm not the the african-american mormon i'm not the lgbt mormon i'm the middle age you <laughs> white <laughs> Boring Mormon, you know? Super boring. With, uh, you're, you're, I just find you remarkably boring with your lupus, your everyday cancer, selling everything you have, having books with Richard Paul Evans, speaking with Brad Wilcox. So For I, our listeners who are not asleep yet, from Ganellin's boring, yes. boring life. Yeah, you Gainelin, know. Gainelin. Gainelin. But you know, the truth this. is that I, I hope that somehow that I think sometimes in this world now, we feel like we have to be the, building a school in Africa, yeah. curing cancer, being the best ministering angel. That's why everyone's freaking out about the change in the program, because what does that look like yeah, now, right? Yeah. But I, I've come to know, that's why I think you love probably doing podcasts. Everyone's doing amazing stuff. Even the mama, to me, the most amazing stuff are the mamas that have made it through oh, all yeah. summer. Making how they many survived, lunches, right? going to Walmart how many times, <laughs> va- vacuuming the same vacuuming, the same carpet, you know, doing the same yeah. laundry and trying to get their kids to have five minutes of family home evening. Heroes. They're the heroes. They are my Absolutely. heroes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you have a fascinating life. And for, for what it's worth, I regularly get the compliment for me is really just, wow, you sure do know a lot of interesting people. I don't hear about how interesting I am ever, but I do hear a lot about, and I will now add you to my Aww. interesting friends, because I just think you are amazing. We could talk for hours. I could well, I'll come to back you. anytime you want And me. we will have you back, love but it. we are going to wrap things up, and I, I'm leaving inspired. I know our listeners are going to be inspired, and I'm so thrilled, and now I can't wait to hear your answer to our question we ask all of our guests, and that is Gaina Lynn Condi. What does being a member of the church mean to you? Well, how how many don't cry when they talk? I don't know how to. How We've to had a few criers. Okay, um, including me. <laughs> there's there's nothing in my life that matters the most to me like mm. this, but there's nothing that I have in my life that I would have without it. Um, I'm so grateful that it allows me um, to move forward through the wilderness experiences, mm. um, through the grief of losing a sister in the most horrific way, yeah. to trying to raise teenagers and not sure if it's ever going to work out, um, the hope that it gives when there is nothing that s- makes sense in the world sometimes mm. to me. Yeah. Um, this is the vehicle by which I've chosen to journey through my life. Mm. And I honor those that choose a different vehicle. Um, but at the end of the day, it's where I'm, I find covenants that bind me to God. Mm. And that power 
surpasses all the heartache, all the trials, all the hurt, all the confusion, all the insecurity. And if I keep showing up, he never moves. And Mm. that's what I found in the gospel. Wow. Author, speaker, mother, wife, survivor, and definitely a daughter of God. Gainalyn Condi, thank you for sharing your Latter-day life with us. My special thanks to my new friend, Gainalyn Condi. Isn't she amazing? What an incredible spirit. I just feel like I felt like after two minutes of talking to her, we had known each other forever. But again, I get the feeling a lot of people feel that way about Gaina Lynn. She is just an amazing soul and such an incredible credit to our church. I'm so grateful to have talked to her and that she's out there spreading the good word. This week in my Latter-day life, what an exciting week it was. There was an interesting announcement I wasn't expecting. Uh, where the church came out with a press release. It's the new style guide. And the new style guide, style guides are given out from the church to tell media how we prefer to be referred to, what terminology or phraseology we prefer. And this week, there was a surprising one where the church came out and said, uh, in fact, President Nelson said that as he had been praying and pondering, that he felt strongly that we should back off from the word Mormon. We should not use the word Mormon as part of the Mormon Church, of course, the Book of Mormon or the Prophet Mormon, uh, of course. But as far as the Church itself, that it is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that as members of the Church, we are not LDS, we are not Mormon, we are members of the Church of Latter-day Saints, or simply members, or Latter-day Saints is what we are as well. And uh, this was surprising to me, surprising apparently to a lot of people. And uh, when once I heard it, I thought, okay, The prophet has spoken. And last week, I talked about how I just had my Temple Recommend interview. This week, of course, I had my stake Temple Recommend interview. And one of my favorite questions is whether or not I sustain our general authorities. And I do. I sustain President Nelson as being the prophet, seer, and revelator, and the only one holding all the keys to the church. I do. And I follow him. That's why when I heard this announcement, I said, whoop, time for me to get in line. Time for me to accept it. And I didn't really have a big question about it anyway. It's a name and I was fine with it. But I've always said that if I ever think something contrary to the prophet, guess what? The prophet wins (laughs) because it's for me to get in line with, because I believe he's a prophet. Uh, Interestingly enough, it was very surprising to me as I got on social media to do some things for Latter-day Lives, how many members of the church were up in arms about this. Some very active friends of mine openly questioning whether or not this was thought through or this was the right thing. And I, I'm i not going to question them or their faith or whatever. That's fine. I would just say, as for me, I believe in the prophet. I sustain what he says. I have a testimony that he is the prophet. And at first I thought, well, this doesn't affect me. Then I started noticing friends of mine. For example, we have had Brad McBride, who is the middle-aged Mormon man on. And he recently came out on Facebook and said, help me find a new name because I'm not going to use middle-aged Mormon man anymore. I follow LDS Smiles and what a great group they are. They do such awesome things and they just changed their name to Latter-day Smiles. And I thought, well, this doesn't affect me. Then I realized our video channel, 
where we've got some comedy videos and we're getting ready to do more, is called Those Mormons. Hmm. Time to change that name, and we will. But the other part of it, if you go back through our past 50 plus episodes, you'll see that each week we say uh, that we give two names that the person is, like two things they do. Like it'll be this week with uh, Gaina Lynn, it would be, uh, we'll probably do author, speaker, and then Mormon. Or before we would do comedian, actor, Mormon. Well, it's time to start stop using Mormon. So if you look at the full description for, uh, and I haven't done it yet, I do this at the very end, but for Gaina Lynn, she'll be the first one where rather than Mormon, we will put Latter-day Saint. And maybe we'll even go back and change the old ones. But the bottom line is, the prophet has said it. And uh, for me, at least, I'm ready to follow it. And if I can't follow something like this, I'm not sure how I can have hope to follow the bigger things. One of the things I am grateful for, I'm not, and if you've listened to multiple episodes, you know this, I'm not the brightest guy in the world. I'm not what they would call an intellectual. I don't overthink things. So for me, it was simpler. To my friends who are struggling with this, I would submit that we all follow the admonition to pray, get our own testimony. And once we have that testimony that President Nelson is a prophet, which I believe with all my heart, then it makes it much easier for us to accept it. And that's pretty much what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. And thank you so much for listening to the program. We sure appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us, I can be reached at sean at latterdaylives.com. That's S-H-A-W-N at latterdaylives.com. I got some wonderful messages this week, and I thank you so much. I love getting email every week. Uh, I can also be reached on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Latter-day Lives. And if you love the show, boy, the best thing you can do for us is to share it with someone else who might enjoy it. Each week, we try to bring these fun, happy, uplifting, or at least interesting. They're not always fun and happy, but hopefully always inspiring and interesting uh, conversations with incredible members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So until next week, when we've got another fantastic show, please remember, as always, there is a great big beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>